Welcome to Feminine, the podcast dedicated to the feminine lens on mental health, the healing arts, and spirituality. My name is Priscilla Alexandra Hine, and I am a licensed practitioner of the healing arts and licensed clinical social worker in the state of California. full moon in Gemini, my lovely listeners. With tonight's full moon, we also get a lunar eclipse. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I know you have not heard from me in a very long time. It has been almost one year to date since I have recorded an episode for Feminine. This is nothing personal. I've missed you dearly. I love this podcast and I love holding space for us. However, 2020 did not give me the emotional or physical or spiritual capacity to do that. I, you know, growing up, I lived with my German grandmother and my Irish grandfather. And something that my grandmother taught me from a very young age is If you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. And I could hear this being reiterated by my mother in the back of my mind each time I wanted and or felt maybe it was the right time to record an episode. And then I could hear my grandmother and then I could hear my mother. And I was, you know, aware of the reality that I really genuinely did not have anything good to say. And if I was going to come to my podcast, I was basically going to lecture a bunch of people about how awful society is. And I, you know, you can always count on me to give uh, a lesson on the inequalities and injustices of society. However, it simply is no longer something that I was capable of discussing. And we, can, we will talk more about that and what that means to me and why that boundary was important for me and the value of quarantine and global pandemic and wearing a mask and um, <laughs> living in a highly uh, manipulated, simulated reality that is the United States of America, (laughs) which we will talk more about as the episode unfolds. However, for now, I want us to take a minute and acknowledge that the moon is in Gemini and we have a lunar eclipse alongside it. Gemini is represented by twins or the Roman numeral two. 
Twins indicate duality and a constant shifting of the self. I have twin brothers, and it is a pretty cool experience watching two individuals who are basically the exact same be completely different. My brothers are absolutely beautiful, and I adore them, and are, in my opinion, an incredible representation of masculinity, and I'm very proud of both of them. One of them is currently serving in the army. I love you, buddy. And the other one just got married, <laughs> which was so, so fucking cool. My brother is, both of my brothers are incredibly independent, and my brother decided that it was in a wonderful idea to have a wedding on election night <laughs> and we had a blast and it was a wonderful idea and i'm i'm grateful that he made that decision because if there's one way to close out a year of grieving it is through great celebration Gemini is ruled by the planet Mercury. Mercury, as we know, I've discussed Mercury on this podcast, is the smallest planet in our solar system and nearest to the sun. It's slightly larger than the Earth's moon. It's covered with a bunch of craters, and during the daytime, it's superheated by the sun, and then at night, temperatures drop hundreds of degrees. <laughs> hundreds of degrees. I just don't ever want to go to Mercury, ever. And they pray to God that I never go there. Hundreds of degrees it drops and uh, below freezing, and it may start to form um, ice inside of the craters. And that's some fun information for you from NASA. So Mercury is the planet of communication, which is very timely for today's episode, as I am here communicating with ye, my dearest listener, thank you for listening to my voice and for holding space for me. I'm very blessed and very grateful that you would do that. The moon is currently activating with the lunar eclipse the most intense axis in the sky. So that is the eye of Aldebaran and the heart of Antares. Ooh, pretty cool shit, right? Aldebaran is Taurus's brightest uh, star. It's the eye of Taurus, and Antares is Scorpio's heart. So Scorpio is currently in Venus, and Venus is currently the opposite of Uranus. Uranus is in Taurus. So with the lunar eclipse and this full moon, we're actually being invited into a really intense emotional and spiritual journey because of its positioning, which is both um, exciting if you allow it to be, and it can also be a bit nerve-wracking because we don't know the future and we can't control other people. And that's shitty, right? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> damn it, I can't control other people and I can't tell them what I need and what I want and make them do it. How dare, how dare I not have complete authority over all human beings? What a, what a gross egoic state, right? 
How embarrassing how humans love to control to that extent. I share all of that with you just to say if you're experiencing with this full moon a lot of upheaval or feelings of being unsettled or restlessness or anxiety, that should be expected. That should be anticipated, particularly because of the lunar eclipse. You may not, as I was looking into this lunar eclipse in particular, it's in the shadow that's on the outside of the earth versus the inside of the earth. So you may not see very much of it, but a bit of a darkening around the outside of the moon tonight. If you uh, are on the east coast, you've got an incredibly gorgeous view of the moon. So here we are. It is, tomorrow is December 1st, and I am ready to discuss with you 2020. And I'm ready to open up a space where we can dialogue the realities that took place after the Trump administration. If you follow me on social media, or you did follow me, I had to do a massive electronics and fifth dimension cleanse because I was carrying quite a bit of energy that was not healthy for me. And I strongly encourage you do this. Please be mindful, my dear friends. Social media is not permanent. And, you know, the pressure to uphold followers and and, and, uh, please the community and, you know, yada, yada, yada. All of that is put onto us from capitalism, and this pressure is exacerbated by algorithms. And algorithms extract the brilliance that each of us are presenting through the internet and then utilize that to sell advertisements to ourselves versus streamlining to quote unquote our market and giving them the opportunity to purchase from us. And these advertisers whether it's local or not is not my concern, but my biggest concern is the amount of profit that you have is what is going to provide a stronger sense of advertising. Pardon me. And so be mindful of these things. Recognize that social media has a lot of, um, how do I describe it? Hoopla, a lot of hoopla around it. You know, I need a social media account. I got to get the word out. Oh, did you put it on social? Oh, did you see that on social? Blah, blah, blah. You know, that's a lot of nonsense. None of that exists. None of it. It's a empty, you know what social media is? A vacuum. Social media is a vacuum where people yell into nothing. And algorithms capture buzzwords and they say, oh, this is perfect for selling something like this to this person. Trust me when I tell you, you should. Oh, and also I don't, you know, you know what else I noticed about 2020? We're just going to dive right in. You know what else I noticed about 2020? <clears throat> With these little social medias and advertisements, I noticed that my quote unquote smart phone 
let's just be okay let me acknowledge something here my phone is not a person my phone is an artificial intelligence device there is no intelligence behind it the intelligence is human beings okay so something i noticed about my quote unquote smartphone this year was no matter where i went (laughs) this thing was going to be committed to trying to pick up what I was talking about, what I was buying, how I was feeling, and it was going to ensure that all of those feelings were marketed to me through these really cute advertisements on social media. And all I could, you know, all I kept thinking to myself was, Jesus Christ, what is, you know, can can a lady have some damn privacy? Do I need the government to be involved in how I buy my panties for God's sake? No, get the hell out of here. Get out of here with this nonsense. It's absurd. Instagram advertising is genius. It's genius, these algorithms. Mark Zuckerberg is so brilliant in how he has extracted human psychology in order for us to believe we are actually producing something effective (laughs) just because you have an account on instagram doesn't mean shit if you're not doing anything in your community as you know so as i'm experiencing these shifts throughout 2020 and I'm grieving and I'm recognizing and accepting the reality that for many people, social media is their, is an extension of themselves. You know, artificial intelligence is an extension of themselves. Robots, right? We are robots. I have a very difficult time accepting this. However, it is essential in order for us to move forward, particularly when we reflect back on the Trump administration and the power of things like Twitter, right? It is um, pretty terrifying when the president of the United States of America (laughs) tweets these threats to North Korea, (laughs) you know, a country notorious for nuclear weapons. It's terrifying. (laughs) However, this is the power of social media and it is reality because Donald Trump was actually tweeting those things. He's He's not just a robot, he is also a person. The robot of social media is how the self wants to present in the conscious realm, right? Versus reality. As 2020 has been unfolding in these advertisements and then um, the mask where, oh, the mask. (laughs) My mask. Oh my God, I need to go grab my mask. I can't with the mask. I I can't with the mask. You know, I, first of all, global pandemic is a very (laughs) severe way to describe a virus, 
very severe. And anybody with any sort of genocide in their bloodline is immediately going to be profoundly triggered. Anybody. Because disease was utilized as a form of warfare, particularly for folks of indigenous descent. Ding, 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 ding. Or African descent. Ding, 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 ding. Or if you are connected to Jewish heritage, I am not. But there is also a threat in that regard because of utilizing um, government to create ideas that cause harm and put people at risk, which happened to, unfortunately, many people, including our Jewish brothers and sisters. This is all trauma, tragedy. So then you have, you know, the United States in 2020, <laughs> or the World Health Organization. You know, we are in a global pandemic. Okay. So what happens with global pandemic? Pandemic, pandemonium, pandemonium, chaos, crisis. So now everyone's in mass hysteria, right? So basically 2020 was this crazy manic episode that very, some people, um, There, you know, it was it was a sink or swim kind of year. You know what I mean? It was a sink or swim kind of year. I know we have a month left, and God only knows it's going to happen, according to the Gregorian calendar anyway. But uh, I follow the, the lunar cycle, so. But yes, this year, um, what else happened? Jesus. Oh, the masks. Don't let me forget to talk about mask wearing. So we wear masks because it's, first of all, I don't know what the hell COVID-19 is in the context of viral infection, but I can tell you right now, I don't want that shit. Sounds awful. No, thank you. I've had pneumonia. It fucking sucked. Pardon my French. I don't want COVID-19, okay? Just like I don't want the flu. Just like I don't want hepatitis, okay? Gross. No, thank you. So we wear a mask because it's disgusting. Whoever has it, please, you know, we don't want it around here, right? But then the mask wearing became a political platform, for God's sake. If you weren't wearing a mask, all you were doing was shitting on all of society. Okay, listen, why don't you try and wear a mask in 120 degree heat while gathering two children and putting your groceries in your car by yourself? That's disgusting. Don't talk to me about wearing a mask right now. You keep your six feet, period. Don't worry about me. If you're going to come to my face and try and tell me to put a mask on, maybe you should abide by the six foot law, right? And then there's this mask, this mask wearing of, um, I wear a mask because I am a true patriot. You know, um, I, uh, propaganda and exacerbating emotional responses is not an indication of true patriotism. True patriotism is an understanding that there's a sickness happening and it's gross and no one wants it. So let's just stay as clean as possible, right? I, my dear friend, um, Camille, <laughs> when the mask thing started, she, she told me this wonderful joke. She said, I was at the grocery store and they were upset because I wasn't wearing a mask. This was at the beginning of uh, quarantine. 
you know, they were upset because I wasn't wearing a mask. And she goes, I'm going to grab the damn wig off the woman next to me to put it over my face. Okay, here's my mask. <laughs> and how many people have you seen, right? Like, let me just cover my face with, like, my hand. <laughs> this is my mask. <laughs> or, like, you know, I'm going to put my face in my shirt. I'm wearing my mask now. <laughs> oh, God. And it was really great, too, because then all of a sudden, like, the stores that could stay open, like Target and Walmart, I don't know, probably Starbucks, all started selling masks within, like, two weeks <laughs> after the global pandemic. And it's funny, or excuse me, the quarantine. And it's hilarious because they were all, like, made in China, which is where COVID-19 originated, and then it got shipped over here. So you know there's some sort of capitalistic marketing uh, spiral, you know, that's exacerbated with propaganda and these notions of patriotism. <laughs> oh, it's just nonsense. So then there was the mask wearing, which I've acquired a great deal of masks at this point. I was very adamant about only wearing a bandana for a while. And then I you know, it kind of got obnoxious to tie in the back. So I got some masks. I'm quite grateful to Target because now you can get a complimentary mask. Thanks, Target. What else did we have 2020? Oh, so many things to reflect on. Oh, yes, Bernie Sanders dropped out from the campaign. That was devastating. However, uh, he is a very faithful man and was very concerned about spreading COVID-19, very respectful gentleman. He's also very old. I don't know if he's very old, but he's old. And I imagine he's tired. You know, I don't really know what very old means because I'm only 34 and I feel like I'm 189. Uh, so by the time I'm 88, God only knows, you know, Lord save us. However, with Bernie, that was a deep tragedy. Many of us cried. Um, but you know, you can't, uh, you cannot control people, right? He has a family and he's tired. So we move forward. What else happened in 2020? Oh, how can I forget? <clears throat> the Black Lives Matter movement was, I mean, fucking lit this year. <laughs> Jesus. I don't know you know uh if you if you are a, a, a citizen of the united states or a global citizen influenced by the united states economy you absolutely were impacted by george floyd's murder 100 percent, as well as the murder of brianna taylor that still has gone without justice only indicating how minimal we value the lives of black women. There were many things that happened this year. <clears throat> Um, 
the Republican Party split. You saw, we saw white supremacists versus Christians come into play. The Democratic Party was obliterated in the context of identifying justice and how to move forward. I, you Republicans had the exact same dilemma. Where's the justice, right? Not everybody who identifies as a Republican is racist. Not everybody who identifies as a Democrat is emotionally volatile and unstable. Yet these two parties at the core of them seemed to uh, be shaken a great deal by 2020 the end, the ending of the Trump administration in the MAGA Make America Great Again era. <clears throat> Pardon me. This deterioration of systems is something that has been shifting for many years, many years. Radicals and revolutionaries have been working toward, toward dismantling the system since, I, I mean, the onset of the transatlantic slave trade or the invasion of the Spaniards and the British, right? Many of us have been living our ancestors for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, have been fighting against these systems. <clears throat> pardon me and so for us to see them crumble like that on an emotional and personal level is really a beautiful indication of Christ and his role in the fabric of colonization and his truth that he consistently declared. And from my perspective, that is the Christ who says that he didn't come to bring peace. He came to divide. He's like a, a sword. And that's exactly what happened. And there's incredible beauty in that because Christ is good, because Christ is the ultimate protector and provider for all that is sacred. So for his narrative to be combustible is the essence of his character, as is the essence of all justice doers, seekers, and advocates. What, you know, justice is a, <clears throat> it is a volatile chemistry. Justice is um, mixed with many different minerals and elements. And it is a unique cocktail of pain that is volatile and must learn to be used strategically.
pardon me. So now we are at the end of uh, November. We have a full moon coming up the 1st of January. And we've got a new moon after this. And you will absolutely hear me plant new seeds with this transition because it is time and it is essential for us as individuals seeking justice in a world of exploit. And that gives me permission to to transition into a time of waiting and advent. Hmm. I have some questions for us. So if you don't know, Advent is uh, when we wait for the birth of Christ. When we wait for the coming of, of the good king. And my questions are, why do we wait for the, for the Christ? Why do we do those things? as people, as folks who identify with Christianity, as folks who were raised in the church but don't identify any longer. What is there, why is Advent so powerful? You know, it's a big tradition to wait, to be in a time of contemplation for Jesus. What does that mean? I'd like to read to you a poem that I wrote and I would like to share with you from that perspective. I apologize, I'm not sure. I'm so sorry about my my congestion. Uh, I do my very best to be an idea of of <clears throat> my goodness of perfection and it just really is impossible mm. <clears throat> so I'd like to read you a poem and, and this is why I am waiting for Christ and his birth in 2020 this is who Christ is to me Christ asks, and you, who do you say that I am? And this is my response. I say, you are mighty healer. I say, you are good shepherd. I say, you are safe haven for girls and women. I say, you are gemstone found from the depths of the earth. I say, You are ultimate provider for and protector of all that is sacred. I say you are breath of life and revolutionary dark-skinned immigrant speaking bold truths to powers, trying to keep us from resurrection. And you will forever inspire me to get off my cross and come back to life. I say you remind me that martyrdom is a fallacy and your courage to never let your struggle keep you down is my anchor. To know this is to celebrate each day because it is a gift 
to be alive. I say, Selah. You know, <clears throat> I'm waiting on the birth of Christ because, because he is the ultimate warrior, the ultimate example of, of, of honorable hero. And his story, his narrative surrounding justice is the essence of extracting nonsense from reality. Christ is this moment, his birth is this moment for us to remember the humility of humanity. And if you reference back to last year's last episode, it was on Christmas and I talk about Mary and I, and I share what it would be like from my perspective if my son was Jesus. It is the same. It's the same tension. This tension of restoration and redemption and longing for and believing that there is something better than what we have here. Because we have people like Jesus who stood up for that. So much so, he gave his life for truth. You know, it's important for me to remind us as a community that Jesus was a dark-skinned immigrant. It's very important. He was not a, a, a white man who owned 500 shares of Facebook. He was a humble man who did not appreciate exploitation of human beings. And he spoke very publicly about that. And so when we seek to understand the overall narrative surrounding 2020 and what has happened to us as believers, as community members, as mystics, we remember that we are in a time of waiting. Now we wait. Now we wait. We just went through the refiner's fire, and now we wait. We wait. In the context of American politics, in the context of US American culture, in the context of capitalism and a global community, what this means for us is the question then becomes, now that the Trump administration is over, how do we continue to rebuild after we deteriorated so extensively as people? 
And I'd like us to point us to the direction of anticipation, peace, gentleness, the birth of a baby, and the ongoing trust of his mother that his life has value. I'd like to read to you Matthew 3, 1 through 12. Now in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is the one referred to by Isaiah, the prophet, when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Make ready the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. Now John himself had a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem was going out to him, and all Judea and all the district around the Jordan, and they were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they confessed their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, You broad of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not suppose that you can say to yourselves, We have Abraham for our father. For I say to you that from these stones, God is able to raise up children to Abraham. The axe is already laid at the root of the trees. Therefore, Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> He's pretty pissed, right? <laughs> I love John the Baptist. He continues, As for me, I baptize you with water for repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, and I'm not fit to remove his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clear his threshing floor, and he will gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. <laughs> it's no joke right? It's no joke, the character of Jesus. Jesus wasn't some um, fool, right? It's no joke, his character. And, and it's, it, it shouldn't surprise anyone why someone like Jesus would be the ideal subject to terrorize um, humanity, and to cause incredible suffering and division and call it manifest destiny. It shouldn't be a surprise because Jesus was a badass warrior who called out bullshit from all angles. And 
to use his character in order to threaten and intimidate individuals who may not have been familiar with him and or who were who were defying the manner in which he was being utilized as a method of power and authority it shouldn't that type of emotional and spiritual manipulation is worth fighting against period and that's what john the baptist just said He basically gives a warning to all of the leadership in the town who think they're very sacred and very holy. He basically goes, okay, I'll baptize you with water, but you don't even know who you're messing with. So go ahead and play your games, but you wait. It's patriarch. In that example, Christ is the ultimate patriarch, the emperor at his finest. In Tarot, the emperor, it's a part of the, he's a a card in the major arcana. We go from empress to emperor, high priestess, fool. You know, there's an order to the major arcana. And when we examine numerology and when we examine astrology, we put together different understandings of how the planets and how the universe and God have created this moment. And so 2020, when you add it together, equals four. Four is the number of the emperor and the major arcana. The year 2020 was a year of death surrounding patriarchy and was a gauntlet thrown down by divine and it severed the men from the boys period the patriarchy was pushed to the ultimate extreme in 2020 because patriarchy is a reflection of capitalism capitalism is a byproduct of patriarchy and if capitalism was just and good the way that perhaps at one point it was intended to be. It would honor the matriarchy, which would consequently honor all children. And it doesn't. It actually exploits all women and children in that space. So divine unearths capitalism and confronts patriarchy from all levels. I've never seen white men more afraid of me in my life than in 2020. I've never seen men more afraid of me in my life than in 2020. I've never been a witness to such grief and war and violence in my life than 2020 and we think that war is uh, we think violence is uh, only physical I'd like to share something with you that I was blessed with 
by my very dear friend, Walter Cabal. Please follow him on Instagram at Cabal Crafted. He's an incredible artist and philosopher. He is very brilliant, and I strongly encourage everyone here to follow and support him. He shared this recently, and this was a tweet by a gentleman named Ben Hawk at Fight Denial on Twitter. Is poverty not violence? Is mass incarceration not violence? Is denying healthcare not violence? Is racist policing not violence? Is endless warfare not violence? Is colonialism not violence? Is destroying our environment not violence? Why is it only violence when we fight back? It's a good question. A very good question. <clears throat> I wanted to share with you that 2020 was a big year for me in that I really had to accept my heritage and my ethnicity in ways that I simply no longer could hide. There is a lot that comes with that acceptance. For me in particular, for me in particular, though, you know, the people who love me know that I deeply struggle with my ethnic background because I am many things at once. So I don't have a choice when it comes to defining my stance with programmed ideas of belonging. I do not have a choice. I must view the coin, the gemstone, the, I don't know, stamp <laughs> from all angles. I'm talking about stamps because I collected stamps as a child and still do. And if you get real nerdy and real into stamp collecting, you can get a little magnifying glass to enhance the art on the stamp, okay? It's a brilliant art, by the way, and I love stamp collecting. It's very comparable to gemstones. You are examining the quality of the art. Gems are natural, stamps not so much. So we're examining you know, um, our, 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 our stances through these programmed, indoctrinated ideas of value in 2020. And unfortunately, when you have a global pandemic, there's really uh, not much authority that anyone has over anyone. Because now we're all minimized to the same. Right? For me, 
having to own my ethnicity and my heritage in really profound ways was a very radical for some move (laughs) and it really shouldn't be that right like I shouldn't have to be considered radical simply because I exist I exist there are people in the world who have a genetic makeup that includes a lot of different things And for a long time, we were called mestizos or mulattoes. And you can watch a really hilarious stand-up by Wanda Sykes. And she talks about um, mulattoes. And it's great. And I strongly encourage you watch it because it's hilarious. And, um, you know, there's nothing, all of that being said, there's nothing radical about me owning my heritage. It is a, if there's something radical about that on someone's end, that is their own struggle with the psychological warfare of white supremacy and colorism. Those are delusions and they don't exist. And I've talked about them many times on this podcast. So when we think about 2020 and the removal of a delusion, that's when we're really looking at reality. And that's what happened. So I've been resting and um, allowing myself the opportunity to not have to deal with the bubble of delusion that was burst in many communities of folks who believed themselves superior simply because of the way that they looked. (laughs) Yeah, you know, instead I was um, cleaning my house enduring an eviction and my not getting my security deposit back as well as a lot of employment instability that and 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 making sure that my children were not afraid because now they had to do hybrid learning and and couldn't play with their peers and and feared that they may never see their classmates again. That was my 2020. And it is, now we have this shift with Advent in the sense that, okay, well, the Trump administration is over, but everything that we just went through was real. Because all we have in our timeline of bullshit are blurps of feelings. And those feelings are connected to our relationships. And it is our relationships that make us who we are. Ask any nurturing femme. All we have are our relationships. And if you didn't know that, you were living in a capitalistic delusion built by the patriarchy who doesn't give a shit about children or women. Period. Well, those relationships deteriorated and we were having painful fights and, and, and agonizing truths come to the surface. Shame, shame was on the table extensively in 2020. People were eating their shame left and right. Just because the Trump administration is over and now Biden is in office doesn't somehow get rid of all of that experience that everyone just had together. 
And social media only exacerbates the notion that we were enduring it with one another. When the reality is that social media is a delusion of reality. If you haven't been in contact, if you didn't get an email, if you didn't get a text, if you didn't get a, a voicemail, if you didn't get someone randomly reaching out to you and it was all on social media, <laughs> don't give in to the notion that the people on social media give a shit about you because they don't give a shit. This year was a year of death. This year was a year that separated the patriarchy from being just and unjust, period. If you are a, a single person and, and you date men, let me tell you what about 2020, okay? Every single male identifying person in your life, if they didn't um, up-level times 12, get rid of them. That's your trash. Do you understand? Get it out. There should be no more excuses after 2020 for white supremacy. There should be no more excuses after 2020 in the Trump administration for not valuing matriarchy and children, period. And no, Joe Biden isn't Jesus and he's not going to come in and save us. That starts with you. So for those of us who were in a spiral where we were looking to the government to guide our values, when we were looking to the United States to help us make sense of where we belong, that's all gone now. You have to find that on your own. You have to find that on your own. I strongly encourage you to go back and listen to my episodes on Enneagram. And I hope that that can help guide you. Thank you for being here with me. I'm very blessed to be able to hold this space and I'm very blessed that you hold it for me in return. If you are listening and you appreciate my podcast, please give me a little five-star review and share it with your friends and family. As we embark on the waiting of, of Christ and endure this tension with the year's end, I encourage you to embrace the magnitude of mystery and to allow the duality of Gemini to exist within your own person. You are shadow and you are light. You are silly and you are serious. You are grateful and frustrated. You are modest and sexy. You are all of the things. And it is learning to walk the line between those two dualities that is the essence of spiritual journeying and growth. Many blessings to you, my friend. My dear friends, uh, I will see you on our next episode where we're going to plant some seeds of intention around the upcoming new year and our practices. My very lovely friend recently challenged me asked and asked me what my practices were. So we're going to identify some pretty cool practices to help us get 
through the year's end with gratitude and grace and compassion even after a year of excruciating pain grief grief is rough and a no damn joke and i will see you um on the new moon please be blessed with this lunar eclipse uh i i strongly encourage you with this eclipse in particular I would leave out some of your rocks or your stones, give them permission to cleanse themselves under the intensity of this energy. Myself, I will be making a little moon water, particularly because of the opposition between Uranus and Venus. Those, it's super important, my dear friends. Please check your natal chart. That's going to be very helpful for you if you have any sort of Scorpio or Taurus in your chart. It is right now is a wonderful time to indulge in self-care. And self-care does not mean exploit other people or resources. It means love yourself and be alone. <laughs> I know, you know, maybe that is the theme of of feminine <laughs> journeying with the soul and giving it permission to rest and to to heal without the influence of others. Happy full moon, my dear listeners. Many blessings to you. would like to engage the feminine dialogue please feel free to send an email to priscilla Hine, lcsw at gmail.com additionally when you search for us on apple podcasts or share us with your friends remind them and yourself to give us a five-star rating <laughs>